The Dallas Stars push for the postseason is in full swing. They score! Robertson got to it right as the horn was sounded. Don't miss a moment of the excitement from the drop of the puck to the final buzzer as your stars battle to cement their place in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Be there Saturday, April 23rd when the stars face off against the Seattle Kraken. Get your tickets now at DallasStars.com. One state, one team, Texas hockey. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Podman 25, I believe, we're heading into here in my 25th year. Such synergy. I welcome you all. We emanate and uh, record from Edmonton, Alberta. First time back in the Rose City since. Skating off the ice in valiant defeat in the 2020 bubbled Stanley Cup final. And it's snowing. <laughs> I'm Daryl Ray. With me, of course, the great Mike Heike. It's me. In shorts. You're such a man. You're so born and raised in Michigan. Look at you. Tom Holy was giving me a hard time because uh, he was saying that I've gotten soft in my old age and I should embrace this Michigan-type weather on whatever it is, April 20th or 19th. Well, we always get a little softer as we get older. Yeah. It's just part of it. But we didn't need this. <laughs> Brendan took some beautiful pictures of the snow it's beautiful. on our way in that we will see on DallasStars.com. Come on, you're supposed to lean into some of this stuff. Oh, oh social media. Yeah. Well, all of it. Uh, Brendan.com. Oh, yeah. Does he have his own website? Does he need to pop his own website? Anyway. What is he? Hey, toast? look. Come on. Uh, the team took an informal team picture on the ice here in Edmonton. After they had won the Western Conference and the Campbell Bowl, uh, of course, that's the only picture that's been taken in the last three years. <laughs> Formal uh, pictures were not done in 2019-20, were not done in 2020. But, hey, last week, a team pitch at American Airlines Center. I, for one, am a huge lover of of the the record, if you will, of year after year after year team pictures. You walk down the hall here, and they have all the pictures of the junior team, the Oil Kings, all the way down the hall, and they have all the pictures of the Oilers all the way down the hall. I might pop up in one of them. You might. Uh, back in the day when we would he be here for five playoff years in a row or whatever it was, uh, I was always – it just made me smile to see you – to see whatever he was, 19-year-old Andy Moog. Oh looks God. like he was 12. He does not look that old. <laughs> he looks like he's five in those pictures. And it was, I'm just going like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful to have that record of, yeah. you know, it needs to be there. Yes. Yes. And they take, I mean, we, we have people that take pictures. Yeah. And lots of them every day. And yet the team picture fell through the... Cracks, uh, look, we'll blame the pandemic, yeah. right? No, I, I bet, I, I think bet, you can blame Brendan. I, I bet this, well, we're not going to blame him. <laughs> blame Holy. Okay. Uh, I bet we're not the only ones that didn't do no. it. Because yeah. it was just odd and difficult and 
the you know whole summer the season ended and then it started and the government you, the government got do? involved take your team picture at what is it called here rogers place i always get it mixed up everything's rogers everything's rogers last night was rogers arena correct i think this is a place mm. but it's still roger so uh with that news it's team picture breakdown time 25 players okay in it in the victory greens mm-hmm. which beautiful yeah i i heard this story i believe it was from tom uh, I think they did it in San Jose, where they had one row in teal and one row in white, and then the next row. What do you think of that? I think. Do they do that in football pictures? Because there's so many guys. There's like yeah. sixty I, I guys. I don't remember that. They don't do part of them in in one. They could uniform I mean, I, and I, one in the other. I the ones that I've been involved in have all been one uniform. You go in your home uniform. The whites. Yeah. Well, actually. Um, in football, it's the darks. Is it? Yeah. Cowboy- That's your home? Yeah, Cowboys are the only... Okay, I used to be hell-bent against the idea that we switch to not having our home whites. Yep. And and the reason for it being every team that comes in is basically the same Correct. Uh, colors because they're all wearing whites. But I, I was watching some games on Sportsnet. They had early 80s Stanley Cup games. It was awesome to listen to. It, more for listening to the broadcasters. It was Bob Cole like infancy of Bob Cole in the big games. And it was like the last year of Danny Gallivan uh, who called the, uh, he was calling Islanders Bruins. Yeah, I think it's And I, all I can think of before, I know I'm getting off the track here with pictures. All I could think of was that being played in the, in the room that the players and the team has where they eat breakfast or whatever. And all the players sitting around watching that and watching the goals that were scored and going, I, I would score 80 or 90 goals if I played in that era. I think it was a goal. The and goalies were that bad. They're, they're not. I mean, it was, it was horrible. The late now late Mike bossy uh, scored, I think five goals in, yeah. in the one game. Like it was, and, and Jerry Cheevers was coaching the Bruins and Ray Bork was young on that team. And he played two defensemen on wing. He had four defensemen on the ice against the Islanders. He was playing two defensemen at wing, including Bork. Because you need to be good defensively. It was just—it was bizarre watching Pete Peters. There were goals going. Every goal that went in on Pete Peters would be stopped today. Yes. Every single one of them. I love the old goalies where they fall down, like they're just oh, so, and just legs so everywhere. Well, no, know. no, like the, the puck is down at their feet. Yeah. They're trying to bend. Oh. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of theater involved in it back then. <laughs> Wasn't just about stopping pucks. No, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back to the picture. Twenty-five players, sixteen suits. It's a lot of suits. Like track suits and actual suits. And you know, you look at that ratio and you're kind of like, really? In a team picture? But that isn't that 2020 hockey? Like that's 2020 hockey. It takes a village to put this thing together. <laughs> that is true. I will say that. You are correct. Because I was going to go back to the Red Wings when they put 50 names on the cup or whatever, <laughs> and they were all so-and-so Illich, so-and-so Illich, so-and-so Illich, all on the cup for the you know win. And you're just like, eh, maybe we're stretching this a little too far. But you're right. I mean, it does take all of that to <laughs> – it takes all of that to put a team together and and – do what you're supposed to do. It's funny because I, I get the reputation as a guy who supports the owners, even when I worked at the Morning News, uh, because I, you know, I just think that it's really hard to run a league. And then when you watch the players uh, go off and try and hold their exhibition games during a lockout, it's embarrassing. Like, it's 
horrible. Yeah, I know. And then so then you're like, see, these guys do do stuff, and it does make your entertainment product better. So yes, suits, bring them all out. It well, they were all out there. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's it's the uh, number of trainers, uh, assistant managers, assistant coaches, coaches. Uh, it's, it just takes a lot of people stretch, yep. you, you know, is in it Cat managers and yeah. Like, uh, and Tom did a phenomenal job. It looks terrific. Oh like gosh. it looks really, really yeah. good. Our colors look good anyway in pictures. And then mix um, that with a black suit though. Cause they were all wearing well, black mostly suit. black suits. Oh. Who didn't? Well, who doesn't always, it's no. the greatest running. I don't think it's a gag. I think it's just, it's just Jim. Oh, gray. Jim lights. He's always got a blue suit. Oh, blue. Okay. Like he's the only guy in a blue suit. It's perfect because it's consistent. Yep. Every year. Everyone else is in a black suit. And then there's uh, there's Jim. Uh, where do you stand on the team colored ties? I'm fine with Are it. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know me. You make fun of me for wearing ties that have matching uh, pocket squares. Uh, so then I think, okay, fine. Wear the wear the tie that matches your uniform. Well, first off, you and and Mister Lights both have you have blue velvet on the trip here, do you not? I did. I do. Blue velvet's zero and one right now, though. Not just zero and one. I think oh, is could, it struggling right now? No, no. You could hang two losses for that last game. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in, in a second. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so you and Jim have that in, yeah, in cahoots with one another. I'll switch it up. Your blues. Does it bring out your eyes? Is that what it is? No. I got it. Ironically enough, I got it here in beautiful Edmonton mm-hmm. at Tip Top Taylor's. Did you really buy it, that jacket here? I was here? in the mall. It must have in been. In like the 90s? Yes. It must have been 15, 20 years ago. Oh my and God. And I'm walking through and I'm going like, well, that's a nice blazer. And have it, you posted Blue Velvet? Have you put taken a picture of Blue Velvet? I, I posted it yesterday. Is, is it on there? Yeah. On Twitter. You got to get Brendan to take a shot of you coming okay. off the plane or something in okay. Blue Velvet. Uh, so I'm watching. I'm Maybe in, in slow motion watching. I'm sitting that in the room really yesterday good. and uh, watching Seinfeld and uh, the... Uh, George uh, is dating this girl who has velvet sofas, and he <laughs> loves her so much, and he comes up with a line. He goes, if it was socially acceptable, I would drape myself in velvet. <laughs> and so I posted that meme and put a picture did of Did you really? I did. It was oh, I got to find that. I didn't know that. So, ties. Yes. I, I, I struggled with it. I still do a little bit. It's a, it just leans too more to collegiate for you're, me. You're very fashionable, too. Like, I get it. I get it. Right. But it just, and I like the fact that not everyone's in it, that there was a bit of a mixture, but there was a lot of green ties yeah. in there. But, but again, then, you fashion goes against that. Fashion doesn't want. No, but I don't think it's fashion. I think it's, I think it's very collegiate, very provincial. Maybe not. You're wearing the know. colors. But it's, I mean, they're it's like not Game the of only, Thrones. Everybody does it now. Like, most of the nights when you watch, uh, games and you look at coaches behind the bench like i don't think rod brindamore has anything other than a red tie yeah in behind carolina's bench i really don't no and it's just the way it's That's done it's but it was never done that way before but there were also so it's, it's three, hard. <laughs> three suits in the in the picture the owner uh what four trainers and, and those were the only times that was it everyone yeah. else was in uniform yeah 
the uh, other thing is is that uh, the suits were probably wearing some nice plaid uh, jacket <laughs> with uh, herb tarlic. <laughs> right. Uh, the other thing, and I, I mentioned this, and it should be done now, is the the logos are always beaten up by this time of year. They get painted into the ice, and you have the ability now with technology, I would think, to enhance the logo digitally in front of the team. Interesting. Because it's all it, it's it's washed out mm-hmm. and they take the picture in front of it and all the uniforms are just popping on there. And I think that I think it should be enhanced a little bit. And through enhancement, you know what you could do? You could scrub the red line that runs oh. right through and desecrates Every logo in the you. National Hockey Always League at Center Ice. So, anyway. You should be in like the entertainment That's a deeper dive business. than most people go into a team picture, I think. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I wish, the, the one thing I wish, I know they it was difficult and, and all that, but I wish they did, because there was no ice, right, at right. American Airlines Center in 2020. It's just, I love, when you earn something, it's nice to get that formal picture with the hardware in front of you. I agree. They should have had a picture with the Campbell in front of them. But they do have a pretty cool one from here in the bubble. And they have the banner. And and the banner, yeah. All right. Uh, any thoughts on the guys in uniform and such on this trip so far? <laughs> <laughs> very short uh, very short review so far. Um, I, what was, it, what it, what I was surprised um, for the simple fact is part of the confusion of this team is when the other team – is just kind of messing around. The stars go, well, we'll mess around too. It'll be fun. And when the other guys are intense, they're like, hey, we need to lift our intensity. Well, Vancouver was intense yesterday. Uh, and they. it's fun being up here because you get all of their uh, media. So, you know, you get the pregame, you get the postgame about them talking about how we really believe we can make the playoffs. And and here's Boudreaux talking about how in Washington we went, whatever, 12-1 and one down the stretch and made it on the last day. And, and they believe that. And last night they played like they believe it. And the Stars had no answer. And that's a little bit scary. I mean, I think we knew this was going to be a, a difficult trip before you get the four-game homestand and hopefully the push for the playoffs. Uh, but... Oof, that was a little bit more intense than I think anybody thought it was going to well, be. Well, it was more odorous than anybody yeah, too. thought it was going to be. The I, I was I was really impressed by the Canucks, and I said it last night, in that it's not always easy to embrace having your back against the wall over and over and over again. Correct. Like sometimes it just it can just buckle people in that, but they played free even yeah. when they were up in the game. Yep. They didn't all of a sudden just turn into a shell and say, okay, well, we're going to play not to lose this year, and then just ask uh, Thatcher Demko to win the game for them in the third, although the Stars couldn't penetrate their blue line anyway all game long. That was as bad as I've seen the Stars in doing that. Their zone entries were awful last night. An old man at the hotel, this is always fun being up here, because he has You weighed in for you on the way in? He did, and he's got all his theories on what's going on here. And, I mean, he's, one, he's bought in, and, two, he really believes – that he understands what's going on inside the Canucks locker room. And he was just like, he goes, Boudreaux made it fun. He goes, they were scared to death. They weren't having any fun. He goes, he comes in here, he makes it fun. He goes, you look at them. He goes, they're having fun. And I'm going like, well, I guess so. It's good insight. Thank you. Yeah, and, and he's 
he's probably a lot right with that, but at the same time, it's the freedom of everybody throwing dirt on you right. f- four months ago. Yep. And it's like, look, you, you got nothing to lose. Just go. Like, even now, I mean, their percentage is only up to, like, I think 10% chance of making the playoffs, and they've won six in a row. Right. They're only four points back, and they have a game in hand. That's their lot in life. Yep. Stars are in still in a, I, the Stars are still in a great spot. It they was are. just I, I think part of that might have been the, the what you talked about, but also they've played so many one goal games and it it, it takes a toll. It's it's great it's great uh training because you're going to probably play in that once you get to the playoffs, you'll be in some tight tight games. Uh it, especially if you can win them, there's there's something that comes from that in your group where you're just like, yeah, this is where we yeah. want to be. It's two to one. Awesome. One, nothing. Great. Uh, but it, after a while, you, this was coming right. to me. They, a stinker was coming and it started in goal and it wasn't just him there. No, other than Rope, other than Rope, they didn't have a good night. No, they were a mess to, to a man almost. You know, what's interesting also is as much as we get wrapped up in our team, you look at a Vegas and say, okay, well, there's a team that's got its back to the wall, and it's got to win. And so then you're like, well, but they just lost to the oh Devils, and the Devils are possibly in the lottery for the number one pick yeah. overall, and they didn't at home. And you're just like, well, this happens. I mean, these are these are There are, there are a lot of players. people around the NHL, I won't name them, cheering against Vegas. Oh, yeah. Against yes. Vegas. Well, in. there's a lot of different reasons. One, they're trying to cheat. People don't like cheaters. And two... Their fans haven't suffered one bit. Exactly. They were just handed They the got keys. too much too soon. Yep. And now, hey, you want to be a sports fan? All right. How about a little yeah. bit of suffering to go with yeah, that? Yeah, you spoiled, petulant <laughs> little buggers. I'm going to fix your red wagon. Last night, also, one of the 30% games where you score a shorthanded goal and you lose. Wow. And I bet you it's even more dismal than that when you score a power play goal, goal and, and a shorthanded, shorthanded goal. goal in the game and lose. Yeah, that's got to be pretty rare. Yes. Rare air, indeed. The one line's the one line, and they at times look dangerous, but they couldn't get anything going five on five. Yeah. Uh, it's just like it's like rope, rope diem, baby. Uh, anything else on these guys? Um, I do believe, and I, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead, but I do believe these two games are really interesting coming up. Well, we're gonna get that's, okay. We're gonna get to that later. That's after three on three overtime. Oh, I'm sorry. If I, Simmer down. Right. Just on the general on the general buzz of it all, the feel of, of it all. Look, they came off the homestand where they played two teams in Minnesota and Tampa that know they're going to be playoff teams, correct? But they're playing playoff style and they hockey, have, and they're they're fighting for positioning too. They had a little carrot in front yeah. of them, but not the same desperation that you get no. from a team like Vancouver or that you would get if they had a matchup with the Preds right now. Uh, you know, you just are the upcoming game you would think against uh, Vegas. I mean, those are the teams. It's just like, yeah, it, yeah, this is it. This one tonight is it. So the Stars played extremely well in those two games. They really checked well and played well. Details. Um, they out, I mean, Flurry won the game for the Wild, and the Stars outplayed Tampa. Yeah. And got a great game out of Wedgwood and, again, Rope. Yeah. Well, I, w- I will say this, that over the past 10 games, you're starting to see the one area that can improve and can make a difference for the team in the playoffs, and that's Ben, Sagan, 
maybe even a little bit of Radic Fox if he can score a goal. Or okay, like okay, I just you can't just lean. We were on sitting one there line. after the game last night, and I think everybody involved with the, our traveling party felt the same way right. after last night's game. And it was just because they've just rotated guys in on the right side with with Tyler and Jamie. And there are games when Tyler looks just like him again. And then yep. there are games where you're just like, like, what did he, poor guy, what did he finish last night? Dash something yeah. heavy. Um, and in the first two games against the Canucks, it was that top line. It was Rope and Pavelski and, and Robertson that were heavy minus. They, you know, couldn't, for whatever reason, they just have not, that, that that's the first time they've been swept. By the Canucks in a decade since yeah. Tom Gillardi bought the team. Yes, it's been a lot of you know hippie hippie joy joy uh, tomahawk ribeyes until they played uh, they this played year. guilty before didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they need to get back to I guilt. Agree. I don't know, but uh, they 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 played those games at home against uh, those two teams, and they checked well and all that, and they got last change and the checking line really took a, a lead role in what was going on and it was just I don't know. I, I don't know how I agree a little bit with Bones. I don't know how you play against teams like San Jose. Right. Like it's just it's a freak show. And they've shown that they're not very good in the freak shows. No. Because they get freaky themselves. Yes. Uh but to your point about about Ben and Sagan, because the the top line's a top line and it's carried this team. Yeah, I I've been waiting for them to drop off and so, they have me it. too. So good for them. So then you have the and and Jamie and look in the month of April until last night, Jamie and Tyler put up similar numbers to yeah. those three guys. But it, they can't figure out. It's not Dennis. It's not Marion Studenich. It's not. Maybe they are at a point where it's just like, just give them rads and just leave them together and whatever you get, you get. I know, I know they had a disastrous start. Where were we? Toronto? Where was that? Where they were just. They had a home game. They, no, no, it was somewhere. Was they someone were just on the road? Ugly. Yeah. Early and he beat he broke him up after two periods. One period. One I think. period. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he loves having that third line be you know Raffle yes. and Glenn Denning and Foxa and they get the job done in that. And then the fourth line is has been what the fourth line has sort of been all year. They're still trying to figure out what it is. Yep. And and what the collection is there. But I don't know. It just seems like they need some kind of stability beyond two guys there. That was my no. I get it. And two, I and that was my two large glasses of wine thoughts after the game last night. So. They are good thoughts. They were. I thought so. Marinated. Marinated thoughts from the <laughs> Razor Boy. Hey, uh, three on three home overtime has been a very fruitful area for the Dallas Stars Indeed. this season. I think everybody out there understands that now. Yes. Uh, they're fourteen and four in past sixty. Uh, what what are they? Ten ten and two. I thought there were more losses over. Yeah, we should have stats in front of us. Yeah, we Brendan, should. where are you on that? Your audio, usually visu vi uh, visual. I, I think they've lost their last two overtimes. Okay, well, don't ruin my oh, story. Okay, sorry, sorry about that. So the stars have been superb. That's yes, the next yeah. line I oh, have yes. here in three-on-three -three overtime. Uh, the scoring has been quite spread out, though, which is a little bit. Is it surprising to you? Yes. Yeah, I th I thought it would be deeper with the regular set of guys but part of it is the way he does it which true gets criticism from the fans sometimes because those teams that have Connor mcdavid play Connor mcdavid for four minutes um so the, the stars, are those teams leading the nhl no they are not no they're not and, and it is interesting to watch his theories 
and then see them actually work. Yeah. So then when Raddick wins a faceoff and you get the change and their best guys are out there, Look, and then you, you know, 40 seconds in, you're dumping the puck in or you're controlling it, making your change, making their change, and all of a sudden your best players against their not so best players. And it has worked. God, you just deliver a visual bouquet. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm at the game when you describe it like that. When your best players are against their not so best players. Yeah, yeah, it's good English. <laughs> the, uh, but to that end, though, like they, they scored one goal to win the game against Tampa, and it was perfect execution of what he likes. Yep. You know, Fox's line was out there in that, and they went head to head with Kucherov and those guys all game long. Got the puck up, got it in deep, got their change in. Top line comes out there against tired guys that aren't that great in their own zone. They go to work on them. Boom, set up Rope in the slot. Only yeah. goal in the game, they win the game. Yeah. That's how, so there's, there's the a next lot game, of work and strategy. The next game, they go into overtime. A lot of people are not believers in, in the defensive posture to start thing. They would just like your best offensive guys go. Right. But the understanding in three-on-three t- three overtime, that's fine. But if your best offensive guys don't score on their chance – there's a very good chance their best offensive guys are going to score on their chance. Well, and you so talk- you're you're basically both drawing a Glock and and shooting, and maybe you wing o- old fashioned duel yeah, with Glocks. Yeah, with Glocks. <laughs> I like nine millimeters, not Colt forty fives. <laughs> anyway, the other thing, the other point you make is they're not great in chaos. So if you can find a three on three chaos and put a little bit of control in it, well, maybe you do have a little bit of advantage over some of these other teams so this was my big pondering uh this was a sober one this didn't involve (laughs) the glasses of vino i always wonder and i i wish that mike madonna mike madonna in his prime could have had three on three to play in don't you yes i think everybody got robbed of of that yes I wonder whether those guys from the '90s sit and, and just go, man. I think they have to, like, so because four on four when it came in was not. It's not what three on three is. No, at all. No, not even close. Uh, I'll lean back on my athletic days since I uh, was so. Oh boy, so Let's good. settle in here, Brendan. Uh, I was a point guard outside shooter, and uh, they brought the three pointer in when I was about twenty-one years old. So outside of my window of competition. And I was really ticked because I'm like, they would have had, I would have been just fire. I would have been Steph Curry out there just firing up three pointers. But nope, sorry, your career's over. And so, yes, I think they would definitely. I mean, did you have to shoot the, from the perimeter because you, you just didn't have the stones to go into the paint or, or you weren't quick enough? Which one was it? It was probably a little bit of both things. <laughs> And I could make three point or not three point. I could make distance shots. Yeah. Top of the mid range jumpers. I think they. Uh, oh, those are actually them. like free throw line. That's mid range back when I played. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the key. Those were long distance. Anyway, make your point. Or did you? That was my point. And and then yes, I'm with you. Like think of some of the skilled players who would have just tore up well, three on three. That's what you're that's going my question. to. Like you think of the speed, and you you think of that move that Mike had in tight. And how many goaltenders he would have just destroyed with that in three on three. And he and Zubov would have been oh, out Mike, there together. Think about Zubov pulling guys out, oh. and creating open space. And so, what other 90s studs would have just absolutely excelled 
in three-on-three overtime. We saw his highlights last night. Pavel Bure. Oh, my God, yes. Could you imagine him the out Russian there? Russian rocket. Oh, he would have been so great. And then the other two are Solani and Korea. When, uh, when they Together. were Together. Yep. When they were pumping for Anaheim, that would have been a really interesting overtime. That speed of both of them, really. Yeah. You know, he was known as the Finnish Flash. I think it was because of his car racing. It might have been. Uh, Your Detroit boys. They would have been interesting. Sergei Sergei Fedorov would have been. It's so funny because Bowman would go and take him and put him on defense to teach him a lesson, and then he'd be the best defenseman in the game. Oh, yeah. And so imagine him out there in a three-on-three situation where he's just doing whatever he wants to do, and it's the Russian three instead of the Russian five. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Yes. I can. It would have been fantastic. What about Yager? Like, nobody would get the puck away from him. How about Once this, they got possession, nobody would ever get the puck from Let's him. go to uh, Lindros, and what would he have done? Just stormed right to the goalie? And just well, but <laughs> Eric Eric needed more of the physicality yeah, and not so much the speed and the open eyes. finesse. I wonder, I wonder how guys like him and Kevin Stevens and, you know, those great, right. big, huge, humongous power guys would have been. Because – when you look at it even now, like it's a lot of the dart flitty yeah. guys that excel. Uh, How the, would the defensive defenseman have done? How would Darian have done? I don't know that he would have been great out there. He might have been tremendous. Maybe. Uh, I was thinking Theo Fleury. <sighs> and the celebrations after he scored yes. would have been something else. Uh, and my buddy Mark Recchi, I think he would have been. It's just built for those kind yep. of just high motor once you get going. And. Guys that could make plays at that speed and in open ice. Man, it, there's so many guys from that era that must just sit there and just go, man, I want to go back in time. Yes. I want to do that. I would the, the number one guy, though, for me is Mike. I, I just, just because I mean, of his ability. What did everyone talk ice? about? Every, everybody, his, his colleagues, anybody that came around the game, saw it, and whatever. The the first thing they said or talked about was just how effortless Mike was as he motored up the ice and how uh, beautiful it was. With Jersey the, flapping oh behind God, him. And there's and nobody else out. No. There's three on three. There's six guys on the ice. Yeah. And how Mike many times have we have seen that with just him? Goes. Oh my God! It makes me almost ill to my tummy <laughs> thinking that we we were robbed of that. Okay, the. Uh, the Alberta Texas two step is what we're going to refer right. to this as, probably again, because we've made a few of them. So at the Oilers at Calgary back to back before four at home to conclude the regular season. So let's start with the oil. McDavid and is it pronounced dry Seidel? Is that how you say it? Something like that. They have 110 and 105 points. It's okay. They're first and fourth in the league in scoring. And the, the stars have done some decent work oh, yeah. against them. Yeah. Uh, but now they got to face them on their pond here with last change. But they do that. have Miro back. Well, yes. Um, before before that, the other portion of the of the Oilers that fascinates me is our old fifth round draft pick, Mike Smith, who's forty. He's forty. I but he's te- in such great shape. He's got a he's got like four hundred kids running around, all named. Axel and Booger and everything else. They're all learning electric guitar. Oh at my three. God. Can you imagine what that is like? <laughs> what the house is like. 
So here's my little story from Edmonton. Uh, dot com. Uh, Doug Foster got us tickets to the Bruce Springsteen concert <laughs> tw- twenty years ago, right? And so we're this there. Is the best. We're there watching, and the the whole thing. Obviously, the story is that. He, yeah, please tell that right, part let's of go the story. To, so he meets uh, Springsteen's wife in the lobby. Doug at, Foster, yes. our font coordinator, coordinator, now the producer on television of. The Arizona Coyotes. There you go. Can you imagine how much fun that is right now? Oh, my gosh. What a great gig. Uh, Anyway, so he meets Patty in the lobby, uh, Springsteen's wife, and he goes, oh, I just, I love your husband. I think you guys do wonderful work. She's part of the band as well. I think that meant a lot to her. uh, I think it did. And, And she goes, well, are you going to the concert? He goes, no, we don't have tickets. He goes, I'll get you tickets. And so... He says, great. And she goes, well, how many you need? And he's going like eight. And you're like, okay, well, there you go. And so she just, you know, says whatever. And You can uh, pick him up at Yeah, will pick him up at the, at the will call. And so it's me and him and Vito and whoever else, you know, and we're all there. And <laughs> come goes to pick up the tickets. And they're like, yeah, that'll be $1,400. <laughs> and, and he's like, what? <laughs> C-O-D, baby. And so... I think he that's put, how the boss rolls. And that's he how rolls he put on his credit card. Um, and well, what a fun night! It was a great night. But that's not the poor. No, purpose of the, the story, important is it? point is: so we're sitting there. And we got pretty good seats. We're on the side, and oh, for uh, that money, you should. Yeah, and so uh, we're watching, going crazy, and all of a sudden, these two shadowy figures walk out from the tunnel, walk straight up to the stage, and just sit there watching. And it's Smitty. The 70-year-old equipment manager and Smitty, the 20-year-old goalie. Oh, really? Yes. And they just stand there and they're just watching. I mean, it couldn't be five feet away from Bruce Springsteen. He just walks out because they were in the locker room, I guess. And (laughs) up here in Canada, if you're a hockey player, you can do anything you want. Yeah, you can go anywhere. You wear a suit into the arena. (laughs) Pretty much your past. And so he's standing there just watching. And then uh, I talked to him the next day and he goes, that guy's pretty good for an old man. And I'm just like, well, Smitty, yes, he is pretty good for an old man. He goes, he was like running around and jumping, and he must have sang for like three hours. He's impressed. He's, and a, King, he's a Kingston boy, though, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah he's and tragically he hip. Yeah. Man. So you, you mentioned Miro. Uh, the, the concerning thing, though, is that S is not well. Yes. But even when he came back, he didn't look, you know, from his upper body injury. Something, yes. And then was out with an illness last night. Uh, if they could only clone Miro, just clone him. Yep. Have two of him out there to handle. That'd be fine. Those two. He was so good against McDavid in Dallas. Yes. Now, whether they can, they're going to have to work to get him out there uh, tomorrow. It's going to be a chore. Yep. A chore. That game in Dallas, I, I don't know if we talked about this on, on the old Podman Rush or not. The Stars ended up winning it yes, in, in very dramatic fashion in the third period. But they, they were getting run over early in that game. I went back and watched it again. They lost 21 of the first 25 50-50 puck battles wow. in that game. And, you know, the Oilers were just out on a mission. Uh, and then the Stars, as they do, yep. got their act back together and caught up to it and you know, crazy stuff happened in the third and shorthanded goals, and it was it was nuts. It was very you know you say they're not great at chaos, but they were in that short night. in short track chaos. Sometimes yes. they can be phenomenal, 
and they, and they win it. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what this thing looks like coming off of that dud in Vancouver. Yeah, you would think they would be situationally motivated. Yeah, 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 and understanding that they're going to have to go into Calgary against one of the most physical teams in the league uh, on a back to back, and the potential first round playoff, and, and that too. in in the same barn. Yeah. So then now, like yeah, yeah, I don't know. We, we, how much does that really weigh in? Do you think it's it gets so funny because uh, uh, Nashville's playing Calgary right now, yeah. and they were asking Sutter, and he's like, "Nah," and then, and then they ask a couple of players. Players are like, mm, "We could be playing these guys," so they're playing them two games. So then I think there's. I a, wonder, but but don't you always wonder like how much, like how much do you want to show? Correct. How much is it important that you beat them? Do you do you hold some stuff back that you want to spring on them? come playoff time or do you want to pound them so it sends a message that, i'll oh give you God, another one know. as a as we're just sitting here on a bar stool having a chat what do you do with your goalie if that's going to be his first playoff game who jake what are you talking about do you play him against calgary or do you play him against edmonton and not play him against calgary well, i don't know i i don't think even that's decided yet. No, I'm saying though, but isn't, no, I, I like, mean, I isn't don't, that an important? I don't think. I don't think all the no, way, I know they all make of the it playoffs. Is. I don't think that's even decided. Uh, so that's yet. my point. Who starts then, game one? Do you need that information from Thursday night to make that decision, or is that putting too much on him in one regular season game? I mean, that's I, a good I just question. think there's a lot going on there that has there to be decided. There is a lot going on, Mike. It really is, and so now here's your goalie. Is he a little bit wobbly right now? Is this a thing that would help him? Would you go with? Well, then, but then you're you're always tossing it up in the air. Is this something that would help him if he excels in that, or does it just crush his soul? Correct. You know what I mean? No, it's. I think these two games are huge. And then, like, look at look at Vancouver. It's a must win game for them tonight correct. against Ottawa. Right. They're playing back to back. They're at home back to back. They're starting halak. Correct. And I mean they'll they'll talk. They'll talk to the next millennium about this if they lose tonight. Correct. And it falls on his face. Yes, like it's always that position. But Bruce, it's funny because is the most important position. Bruce said this morning uh, on the TV, you know, the uh, Canadian TV that covers a lot of hockey up here, that uh, he, he thinks uh, Demko will play the next however many five games, but they need Halak tonight. He's he's hoping that because they're scoring boatloads of goals right now, that that continues and that they can outscore a little bit of rustiness from their backup goal. Correct. If I'm I'm reading Gabby's mind. But isn't this fun? Like, this is the fun part of sports. I want to be the GM. I want to be the coach. I want to make these decisions. This is what fans do. It's what we do. And as we get to this time of the year. It's hot stove in, Mike. And we're in Canada. There's no stove involved, although we could use one today. It's snowing here. (laughs) Should have brought yours. It should have hot stoved here. Usually we're air conditioning. (laughs) That's right. As Texans in hockey. Sitting around the old air conditioner <laughs> <laughs> or the fan. Uh, so fast forward to Calgary. You got to deal with Gaudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm. They have a line that is the equal, if not the better, which is isn't Kachuk near a hundred points? Like it's hard to even get that through my lips. Yes, they're as good, if not possibly better, more significant within their games and importance to their team than hints. Uh, Robertson and Pavelski yeah. have been to the stars. Yeah. Look at like, Gaudreau's wow. numbers. They were breaking them down the other day. And I know people don't care about plus minus, but his plus minus is like 
the best in 20 years in the league, plus 61. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, that's pretty good. Like, so when you when you do plus minus to that extent, you must be doing some pretty yeah, good things. Yeah, then it means something. Yeah. So are, are you saying or thinking or assuming that perhaps the coaches had something to do with? No, come on. Or is it just the player? The old is he in a contract year or something? Th- those old-fashioned Canadian coaches, what do they know? He's got to be up for coach of the year, front runner. Yeah. I don't and know. it's so fun too because he just doesn't care. Oh, he does not. Well, he does. He doesn't he care, care right. with us, right? And he he really cares about accountability within the group there. And they've snapped to attention, man. You think Jamie Ben would be a good player for some? I don't know. I think I think when you they have, seem like they're cut from the same cloth. I think when you have guys like that, they. I, I don't know whether you can sustain it for a long time, yeah. especially in today's world, but in the short term and when you got guys that have been thirsting for some with all that said, nobody none of them approved anything in the playoffs. No. He'll remind them that about five thousand times before the playoffs. Yeah. No, you haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Well you, you go you go you go to Minnesota and St. Louis and one of those teams is gonna be out. I know. And you're just like, whoa. The thing that I'm curious about uh, when we get to the Calgary game, is whether I don't think they'll start Markstrom. I think it'll be Vladar. Don't you? Markstrom's been crappy. I haven't, I haven't analyzed it enough. I've been too worried. Well, about the two stars. games against Dallas, he did not play well in the game that the Stars won in overtime here right. way back eons ago. Uh, Doby was in that. That's how long ago it was. And and in Dallas, he got yanked. And Vladar came in, and they ended up rallying and winning the game in yeah. the in the third period. Uh, and just maybe more to what you were talking yeah. about, looking at it and saying, okay, am I going to start Markstrom again against Dallas? And he's going to fall on his face again. And now I got to go into a series against Dallas. And they're all thinking, we got this yeah, guy. We got him solved. We got this guy. So do they, do they hide him or do they throw him back out there and say, here, you need to get this done here, son? That's a good point. I might hide him. That's the old. It's the old uh, prairie boy, though, might, might grab, when the dog's yelping back to the house because the coyotes have ganged up on him, and then he grabs the dog and throws him right back into the coyote pile and says, fight your way out of it, son. Is that what they do in Alberta? They do. It seems like the SPCA should be called in on that. Oh, my God, Mike. <laughs> you're so kind. You're so soft. Like Just it, like you said, you're as soft as you I, say you are. I am as soft as I say. And it, it would be like a guy who had like uh, elk antlers on his wall or whatever. <laughs> oh. I mean, and like as a trophy. Yeah. You think the Elk needed those antlers? Yeah. Speaking of trophies, one of the uh, Stars prospects just won big trophy. Wow. Anybody yeah. you know? Young Wyatt. There you go. Uh, leading scorer in the league. And yeah. uh, a couple other guys are not leading, but technically darn close to it because of points per game because they had uh, injuries or situations where they missed games. Um, and this is a really good group of offensive-minded. Uh, Maverick Bork. Uh, Wyatt, who else? Who uh, Stank, Stanky, is it <laughs> Mr. Ten and Two? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, it's Stankoven out in in Kamloops. Yep. Is that franchise? Have they produced anything through the years? Or I think Daryl Sador came from there. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, Hitch Hitch was a good coach out there, wasn't he? Yeah, they had some. They've had some talented people come through there. Is there one of the young goalies? He's one that of the came talented ones. Now, it, it is great though. It. It has always bugged me 
this is this is the thing. This is a big bug for the Razor Boy. Okay. Uh, with this time of year, because your best prospects that are playing junior are still playing junior, correct? And then they're going to go into the playoffs and all of that. these guys that come out of college. The, I mean, people talk about them like they're future Hall of Famers, no question. As they come out, oh my God. Owen Power is going to play his first game for the Buffalo, and they get this grand thing. All the social media stuff gets pumped out there, and uh, here it comes, and it's a lap, and they go straight to the NHL. There's nothing. It goes straight to the NHL team. And these guys are banging around on buses for 70 games in the Western Hockey League. get nothing, nothing, until they – until they show up at camp and then try to earn their way through training camp, preseason, then spend some time in the minors, and then eventually try to get their way to the NHL. Guys come out of college, it's like, yo, we'd like to announce that we've just signed this guy who was an incredible scorer at the collegiate level, and we're going to put him right in our friggin' lineup and on our number one power play. 25, goal, 25 goals in 40 games. Come on, this guy's a huge scorer in college. I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm not siding on a junior or anything. I thought but you wanted to be an American. I thought you wanted to be a cake eater. You know, full, full disclosure <laughs> before we close this down, right now, as we sit here, if I redid it, there's no question after seeing what has gone on and how guys have done it in that, that A, I would have become an American earlier, <laughs> and B, I would have gone to play college hockey. Yeah. You're saying that Marty Turco had fun when he was at the University of I Michigan. Just, I just look back, yeah, I look back to that area and I think of what Marty got to experience and my brother-in-law, Brent, uh, Brendan, at Michigan uh, under Red and just, you know, just the life experiences of the couple of games every weekend. <laughs> Practice all week. Go play your two games on the weekend. Woo, sis, boom, ba, big band at the end of the rink and all that. And there we are in 19 hours, 11 hours down to Portland on a bus through the canyon, just hoping the bus driver stays awake. Yeah, that you don't wreck. Like up in the morning, on the bus, 11 hours down, Get off. I would shower in the dressing room, put my gear on, play the game. After the game, shower. We'd stop off at a burger place, grab burgers, and drive all the way home. And then you had to go to school in the morning. Yeah. And then you did that. Well, not that, but you played three games a week, four games a week. Maybe we should call the SPCA about junior was, hockey. A lot, of, a lot of things should have been called on us back in the day, but... I am a little bit jealous, and I don't think it's fair. It isn't fair. I don't no. think it's fair that <laughs> it's these college not. guys get to come out and get the fanfare that they do, and our beloved major junior players from Canada, the CHL, and, unless you're going to go first overall, your last name's Bedard or something, uh, then you don't get it. You just keep yeah. you know, doing what you're doing. Well, even these three, I mean, what's their path? Like, I know. Like, they're going to have to go down and... Fight their way up. Probably, but it's nice that they're there and they're them yep. right now. I so, agree. And we're uh, us, and we're done. Well, let me ask you That's one it. thing. What? One more thing, sir. One more I want to put my toque on and go tobogganing. Uh, when you look at skilled players as your prospects, do you feel an organization needs to draft more of those? So I look, and this is just my opinion, of the Radic Foxes or the Jamie Alexiaks or the first-round picks who are two-way players, even Delandria, and think, well, those are fine players. They're nice players. But then when you hit on a Jason Robertson or if a Wyatt Johnson becomes that, now you're hitting a home run. 
And so when I was looking at the numbers, you're confusing me. We're playing hockey, okay. and you've got you got baseball runs metaphors and, baseballs and, and all that kind of. It's like a corner kick in the ninth inning of what are you that talking is perfect. about? That is a perfect analogy. My point is, so Jim Nill did a really good job this summer of finding Glendenning, Raffle, Hockenpah, good role players for very reasonable costs, and you didn't have to pay any of their development. And are those players adding as much as a first-round draft pick that was Radic Fox or a Delandria who takes four or five years to develop or uh, whatever Jamie Alexiak was when he came and left and came back? And I mean, these are good players, and there's nothing wrong with them. But should you— Well, they'll be happy to hear that, Mike, I know. there's nothing wrong with you, them. Should you dedicate those draft picks— to guys who might... So get, you should just pick skill. I think you should lean towards... Just pick skill. Well, you can't just do it because no, you no, need people you in said, your organization. Skill. You need people to play for your AHL team and you need some balance in that regard. But if you're if you're going first round, do you want a check Where are you going in the first round, though? I guess it's different. When I'm putting my board Look, together... Look, the guy, the guy that's going to go first overall this summer is the exact player that you're, saying, you're poo-pooing I know. right now. I know. He's going to go first overall. I know. Well, why so shut your pie hole? Well, okay, should. Wyatt is a checking line center for Team Canada. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well, then that's the guy you don't want to pick, yet he looks like he could be great. So I don't know. It's very interesting just to look at, I guess, so the Jason Robertson, who was available because of his skating, uh-huh. right? The um, uh, Who is it? Um, I don't know. Pull your cards out. Put cards your glasses out. on. Put my glasses on. Uh, Stankoven. We were almost out of this, Brendan, and then he he does this every time. Stankoven's listed at five seven. So what? So that's why he's available. So what do you that mean? That's should, why he's available. That's why you should be able to go get a guy who has a little bit of a tick on his coach or his oh, uh, scouting resume. Look, Mike, the the guy in Chicago is five foot seven. He's a perfect he scores forty something. Perfect example. So the. Shouldn't Stankoven's be- not fighting any anything my, anymore. No, my point is they've done a great job with these guys. Should they do it more? Should they stay away from, you know, getting the defensive-minded forward or the physical defensive defenseman? Because it appears to me you can find a 27-year-old defensive-minded defensive defenseman. Uh, Alexiak, first-round pick. They took Thomas Harley. I know they did that one too. That's skill. They took uh, that Mero Haskin, and he was good. Yeah. That was third pick, though. Yeah. Had to do something. Good point. Anyways, that's all I had. Okay. I, I, don't, dis- I don't disagree. Thank I, you, you. You know me. I'm, I'm I know, you're kidding easy. every time I sh- shut you down. Uh, you, you're probably mostly correct with, yeah. with a lot I mean, of that. You, you do have to fill out a roster at the AHL level, so you can't just pick only skilled players. Yeah. And again, I think it depends on where you're picking. Right. You know, if you're picking late, think about it now. Late in the first round now is w- what used to be early to mid second round. Yes. There's just, there's 32 teams now. Yep. So if if you're picking late in the first round, you're picking 28th, there's going to be 27 other players. I bet you can trade down and grab, if you do well with your scouting, you can grab someone at 48. Correct. Or 52 that's Correct. close to that. Um, and the other, but the other thing is, if you're going to grab a bunch of skill, I would draft a lot of goalies too. It's probably a good idea. I would draft. I would draft a lot of goalies. I draft goalies all the time. Yep. 
all the time. I just would. And not because I was one. I just think that you should you should draft them. Just draft them. Yep. And have lots of them. Because, I mean, that's what they had back in the day. They had lots of them. Yeah. Um, and you can peddle them. People are always looking for goalies. Right. That's the value. And that's the other thing with the skill guys is that if you got too many of them, you can always move. A skill I always guy. think the skill guys though are more because they don't. They might not have as much overall value, mm. so they're more inclined to flame out. And teams are probably more inclined to give up on them quicker. Possibly because they're just like, well, we got three of them, and he's yeah. not doing anything. He's not no. scoring. He can't well, do much else. We no. can't trust him in this. And the whole philosophy so of the draft on. is, if we can get two out of seven, then hey, yeah. we're doing good. Oh my god, what a deep! This is a real deep draft discussion that you. The took fans. us into that I didn't want to go into. The fans I wanted to this. celebrate draft picks. There they are. The stars have some good ones. And now we want to celebrate uh, uh, Nashville. Who are they playing? Uh, Calgary Flames. Yes, they are. We want to celebrate that conflict tonight. See what goes in that because it impacts the Dallas Stars. It does. It's also a pre-scout for later on in this trip. And Plus, I'm hungry, and I'd like to go watch that neat right now. <laughs> are you hungry, too? Brendan's hungry. Look at that. Are you hungry? Sure. Thanks for putting this all together, brother. Yes, Brendan. This is amazing. And I can't wait to see the pictures you take of Mike in his velvet coming off the plane in slow motion. You know what you've done? That's all I want. All I want in life this year is a picture of Mike, full velvet, in Canada, coming off a plane. You've made the fans happy, and I think that's... Off a plane or into the arena? Which one? Could be both. Maybe we have a series, a panel. A panel of yeah, photos. Yeah, you guys have done phenomenal work this year the visual it's a visual art now it's a visual sport i'm a verbal uh conduit some might even say an oral you're a written conduit. you're a written <laughs> we're leaving now good night <laughs> hope you enjoyed it everyone it's our last one apparently hike had just got us canceled uh go stars big one here in in alberta wild rose country they call it mike there you go and then City back to dallas to finish things up at home and then playoffs after that. I like it. I guarantee it as we sit Whoa. at the round table. Look at now we just got fired. You yep. guaranteed that. Well, I can guarantee anything I want. I I guarantee it. This podcast is over. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today.